three, two, one, roll the footage. Welcome back everybody, I'm your host Simon Severino. What if you could hang out with sprinters and ask them what they are doing, what they are learning and how you can learn from that. That's what we do every day here at the Strategy Sprints podcast. And today we explore with the co-founder of Webinar Ninja, how to scale with webinars, how to take care of your team, why the people you surround yourself with make a difference and how to become a great place to work. Welcome everybody, Nicole Baldinu. Oh, wow. Hi. Hi, Simone. How are you? <laughs> Excited. Australia and Austria come yeah. together today. And, Opposite uh, sides of the world, right? <laughs> yes. And uh, we have both Italian roots, which is also exciting. Ebba, tell us, what are you currently creating? Well, we've, I'm still working on Webinar Ninja. We've been at it since 2014, since we launched. Um, so that is something that's uh, still very much something that we're passionate about, that we love and that we commit to and work on every day. Uh, we've also got the $100 MBA podcast that I produce uh, with my, um, my, you know, my co-founder, my husband, Omar Zenholm. He's the host of the show. So yeah, those are the two things that kind of, you know, keep me busy every day. Cool. And I just had today a call with somebody telling me, Simon, you do everything online and all the time in communities, etc. But in my business, uh, we need the personal contact. It doesn't work online. So do you hear that in, in regarding to webinars? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I hear it less. I mean, I feel that people are accustomed to webinars and, you know, this kind of interaction and engagement with an audience. And I think when it's a live webinar, it's really the closest thing to an in-person event. Um, and, you know, with all the kind of engagement features that a webinar platform can have, then you do kind of replicate that live um, experience where there's a back and forth, there's, you know, there's questions, there's, there's, a, there's that engagement that kind of makes the experience a lot more dynamic than, say, watching a recorded video. Yeah, let's go there because some <laughs> webinars are like, you know, you come in there, then there is a 45 minutes pitch and then it's over. And then we go, okay, that's my webinar experience. I don't go to webinars mm. anymore. So <laughs> what, what's a good webinar experience? Yeah, I mean, I think that is, I think what people are most kind of uh, afraid of is when they are new to webinars. I do feel they feel like I want to make the experience engaging. I don't want my audience to, or the people watching to, you know, fall asleep. Then um, they want that back and forth. And it's not necessarily that they have to see them. I think that's the interesting thing where, you know, you have a difference with like a meeting software or a conference where everyone is actually, you know, they, they're seeing each other. You can get that engagement um, and you can get that back and forth, but it is really up to the host to be able to elicit. So, you know, it's how you present, how you, um, you know, format your presentation so that you do make time to ask questions. You do make time to stop and pause in that pitch or in that, you know, there's a lot of value being given, but, you know, there's moments where you can actually pause and you can take questions. You can, um, you know, ask for people to comment in the chat. You can, you know, run polls. 
there's it's obviously up to the host to do that um and i think if they're aware of that wanting to make it more engaging i think they definitely can and we, we do see it you know we see it every day what are some cool f webinar formats that you have seen in terms of length or in terms of flow or something that they did specifically interesting um i think when you have moments where you focus on the audience so you can say have a hot seat session so like a kind of a, a coaching like a live coaching where there's people there that are you know they've come to learn you've, they've got a topic that the host is you know going to be teaching on and sharing uh, they're there for that content but then when there's people in, in you know on the webinar who are actually willing to come on and say be coached live so omar will do that for example with our members he'll actually demonstrate you know bring someone up on camera go through some of like a real question that they're that they're, they're asking um and you know kind of do a little mini coaching session with them on on the actual webinar and that's kind of cool for everybody else to see because they they get to you know see that in action as well it's kind of a little bit meta right because they might be then wanting to do their own webinar and they actually watch omar doing the, you know that kind of approach and, and coaching someone so then they're like okay cool i can do that too so definitely um you know bringing people on q a um yeah i'm just trying to think this is so many different like you know different uh, yeah th th those are the, the first thing that, that kind of comes to mind what the ratio between people who register for a webinar and people who attend in our world and around us, it's very, it's, it's, a, it's a high number, uh, it's a high gap. So just, mm. just a few come to the event and most people mm. uh, hope that they get the replay. What's, what's mm -hmm. your experience there? I mean, I think if you get anything more than like 35, 30, 35%, that's great. You know, there's a lot of factors too. say um, the timing, if it is a live webinar, then maybe the time, you know, you actually, that's the beautiful thing, right? You can reach everyone around the world. And that's, that's the, that's the great thing about being able to scale your message and your offer, offerings because you can reach so many people. But then we encounter, of course, time zones. <laughs> and then we realize, okay, it's going to be midnight for, you know, so-and-so in that part of the world. So you'll run into that, but people are still interested, you know, so they still will register and they will watch the replay. Um, so I, I don't think it's necessary, you know, you have to see that it might not be an, a convenient time. That doesn't mean they're not interested in your content. So, you know, it, there is always going to be that gap, but it's not necessarily a reflection on you because there's just so many factors of, you know, something com comes up during the day, there's a, a sudden emergency, whatever. Um, so there will be those contributing factors. Um, so, you know, there's never going to be a hundred percent, you know, attendance for, from registration. That's just, you no, know, <laughs> it's not going to happen. And, but a lot of people actually who don't, um, you know, one of the things that is very, we're, we're seeing is not offering a replay and by not offering the replay, it does increase and boost those live attendees as well. So that's a little trick if you want to kind of maybe see if there's a difference. Yes. And, um. What's, what's the frequency uh, that that is a good frequency? How often do you um, offer webinars? Right, so we'll do our members webinar. So there'll be the webinar that we offer to just our community. So our members who are currently uh, Women on Ninja users, we'll do those once a month. So that's a good frequency because there'll be enough time for um, a new blog post to be published, a new guide to be published, and maybe a new feature to be released. So Omar can go through and go through all the, all, you know, those, those things on that webinar. 
Um, you know, sales demos, demo type webinars can be done as often as, as once a week. Um, we were doing them twice a week. You obviously need to have time to build up your registrant list, of course. So, um, you know, if you do leave a little bit more time and collect more leads and, you know, get more people to, to sign up, then yeah, you may want to not do them as frequently, but obviously, you know, it can vary, but once a week is good twice, you know, twice a month, once a month, depending on the type of webinar. Another CEO tip that you have brought us is in these times, it's good that we stay close to our team and we take care of them. I'm super curious how we can do that after one word from our sponsors. Hey, if you like the tools, go grab them for free at strategysprints.com slash tools. So what can we do to take care of our team members? Oh, that's a good one. I'm really passionate about this topic, um, especially because I've, we've had to make a very conscious effort to look after our team and be more proactive uh, because we're remote. We don't actually see each other, you know, in a physical office and we've, we've been a remote distributed team since day one. So we really have to make that effort to communicate with our team and to be in touch with them and to make sure that there is daily communication. Uh, I think often there's the danger of, or, you know, the risk of just like, I've hired someone who's capable of doing the job. Uh, maybe they don't, they just want to be left alone. They want to do it. The days and weeks can pass and there might not be any, you know, real communication that takes place or, um, and so we've really made it a point to make sure that we, you know, connect on a daily basis, whether it's on our tools with like Basecamp and, and uh, you know, kind of project management tools or Slack and then different communication tools like that. But recently, we've actually only just started this for the last, uh, I want to say, two weeks. We've started co-working um, virtually. And so, you know, because our support team is kind of, you know, working 24-7. Um, we've got teammates all around the world. So there's always going to be somebody on. And we just thought, wouldn't it be cool if we could just, you know, co-work um, just together? And so, and we do that. And so it's really cool because during the day, you'll be on and there'll be different people on throughout the office, you know, coming into the, the virtual office. Um, and it's been a really nice experience. It's been a really nice way to talk more than just about work because you actually do get that office banter, um, those kind of conversations that would happen naturally if you are in person versus just like, you know, communicating for the purposes of whether it's a task or just, you know, work related yes. conversation. And, and how do you do it technically? <laughs> We're using Google Meet right now. Google Meet. Okay, let's yeah. have three hours Google Meet. It's this time everybody works in and, and we see each other. Well, we've basically set up a link and then people just join in. They just sign in when they're when when it's when they're, you know, on shift or you know when they're coming into work or if they want to talk to someone if they've got a question um and so yeah throughout different times during the day i'll see different people depending <laughs> on when they're when they've started it's it's been really cool it's been a really cool experience nice and um, also you say that it's crucial to pick the people we surround ourselves with because that makes a difference can you unpack that well, I mean, in terms of like your team, you definitely want to be picking people that you actually want to hang out with every day. Um, so, you know, you spend so many hours working um, and, you know, and that's a great thing, especially as a, as a, as a founder, as a co-founder, I'm just, you know, I love the work that I do. 
but I also like doing it with great people. I like doing it with fun people, people that I enjoy their company. So I feel that in the hiring process, and, and that's, I guess, when culture comes into it, when you are hiring someone, um, you do you do kind of ask yourself, like, do I want to hang out with this person every day? And if the answer is yes, then there's a good chance they're a good fit culturally. Um, and, you know, obviously they've got to match the skills that you need. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that's one of the key elements when you're bringing someone on board is do I actually want to hang out with this person every day? And if the answer is yes, then it's, then it's great. You're surrounded by yourself with, you know, people that you really enjoy being with. Cool. How many people had had you um, have you been had <laughs> did you got onto your last webinar? Oh, um, I'm just thinking. I'm around a, a members webinar. There were about like 60 people, I would say. Just trying to think. Before that, he ran a three day coaching challenge. I think there would have been about 90, 100 people. 1900 not people. Yeah, it's not a thousand, it's not thousands, but it's a great, it's still a great turnout. Yeah. And uh, how do you get 90 people into one session? How, how, how many channels do you have to work through? Um, so we would definitely do a lot of content marketing. So, you know, a lot of uh, blogs and guides that people can opt into. I uh, believe they're running, I'm not, you know, I'm not so super close with, you know, the marketing side of things. I know we've run Facebook ads, Google ads, um, a lot of email marketing. So, yeah, yeah it takes, it takes four <laughs> to, to fill it, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm just trying to think it is. Yeah, at least. Yeah. And do you remember the first webinar? So what you would, what would you say to somebody who says, okay, I'm, I'm just starting this. Mm. I'm, I'm a little bit worried. I will not have enough people. Well, what should they uh, do when they start? I mean, we had, I think, two people, three people. I think it was literally, I remember because it was, um, we were actually trying to get members to the $100 MBA, um, our video training and community. And we we're just trying to, you know, run webinars to get them into that, into that membership. And yeah, the very, very first webinar, there were literally, I think, two or three people. Um, and I just remember, I remember that Dave, I, because I'm not on the webinar, I'm not the face of the webinars. I don't conduct the webinars. I'm usually in the chat. I'm answering questions. I'm helping out, you know, that way. But I just remember Omar running that webinar just as though there were, you know, 30, 40 people. It didn't matter because he still gave the same. And I think that's, that's the point. It doesn't really matter how many people that, especially that first, those first webinars, you really do have to get, you know, practice and you have to get your, your reps in. Um, and so I just think it, it's okay. Everybody has those, you know, webinars that, especially the first ones that nobody shows up to or very few people show up to. I wouldn't say nobody, very few people show up to. Um, and just running it, you know, with that positivity and just seeing it as an, another experience is, is, I think, the better the mindset to have in that situation. And still talking, a uh, great place to work. So the people, we want to care for them. We want to be there and um, we want even to become a great place to work. What can we do to be a better place to work? I think... You know, you can do as big things as like we ran our first team retreat, you know, that 
that was in 2018 when we could all travel. That <laughs> was our very first time we did that. Um, and we brought the team together in, in Bali and it was, you know, as many people that could come from the team. And that was like the biggest thing we had done. And that that's amazing, you know, and it was such an awesome experience and we can't wait to, to repeat that. That's kind of like the, an extreme thing to do. But as I said, like there are very small things, just the fact that you connect with your team every day and you actually take time because we're all busy as, as you know, CEOs, or CEOs, whatever we're doing, we've, we've got a million things to do. But I've learned that I actually spend, I enjoy taking time to talk to my team um, and finding those ways, like I said, on chat, sharing a joke, getting into the, you know, the virtual, co-working with them as I'm doing my, my own work. Um, I feel that that builds the connection. I feel that that builds the, the rapport that we need to, to, you know, to co collectively help our customers, to collectively work together to build um, and serve our customers. So, you know, we do things like an all hands where once a month we all get together. Um, and, you know, in the beginning, I remember when we first had, we did our first all hands, it would be more updates and sharing. It would be a lot of talking maybe from department heads or Omar doing a lot of the talking and, and and that's important but we've slowly integrated games and and just icebreakers and you know really simple things that have actually been a lot of fun to do and we just make a point every time we, we get together to always do an activity that's that's, that's fun um, so just being mindful that you know that everybody wants to have joy and fun in their day um, yeah. we're all here to work sure but we remember that as well you know yeah, I'm curious what kind of games we we, we have start we start now every meeting with um, client wins or team wins depending on mm -hmm. which meeting it is. But yeah. starting with the magic moments with with and we collect them and we write them down and we cheer each each other on. Yeah. And uh, and we have a feedback sequence. We call it Angel Devil Jolly Joker, where whoever <laughs> reports from their projects, uh, they have to pick three people angel devil and jolly joker and they will give feedback the angel will give the positive feedback and the oh. jolly joker will find what's not working and joker can do whatever she wants oh and, that's great yeah it's a fun game so i'm curious what, what kind of games did you come up with so we've done everything from like they'll take a little bit of preparation so we did the the baby photo so everybody had to send their baby photo to our um to and we had to guess and that was actually really fun it was cute it was sweet we got a lot of laughs out of that um we did we did one where we all had to send in a a, a fun fact like a weird kind of fun trivia kind of piece and, and we just went around and just every one person had to guess who they thought that that, who that is. fact was about yeah it was really cool it was like who is it um, most recently we did, um, it's called, I think it's called a rebus. So it's a puzzle where like the words are scrambled and we just had a series, we put them on a slide deck and then we put everyone into breakout rooms. So this was really cool too, because normally like we're all in one room, but by breaking them out into groups of three and four, they got to work on this like word puzzles and they had to send in their, their answers. And they also got to connect with, you know, different people on, on the team they normally wouldn't work with. So yeah, word puzzles, photos, trivia. Those are kind of the, the ones that come to mind. There's so many if you Google, right? <laughs> sure. And when I hear, yeah, in my world, it doesn't work to do this online. I sometimes think, yeah, it needs more preparation. It needs more creativity. It needs, of course, you have to enrich uh, the situation and, and, and create many angles to go deeper. 
but but it can work i think and um you can pick now one person for a strategy award when everybody is zigging this person is zagging but from your perspective they're doing the right thing who do you pick Um, it's not a, well. It's not a person. It's a company. But the, the two co-founders uh, are um, Chris Savage and Brendan Schwartz from Wistia. I don't know if you know the comp the video hosting company. I've just always admired them. I, I love their brand. I love their story. And I guess as a tech company as well, they're doing things very differently. So um, Chris, I remember shared the story at Microconf in, in 2018 how they raised over 17 million dollars in debt to buy back their company from their investors so that they could regain kind of control and do things the way they wanted to do things. Um, and that kind of is, you know, as a tech company, you're constantly, you know, you're in that space of like growth at all costs, you know, funding, venture back, all of this in that kind of world that just, you know, is, is what you hear all the time. And, and they've just gone and done, you know, a very different radically different things so that they could continue to do what they love which is you know create great content and grow at their own pace and and and, that, and i really resonate with that in the webinar ninja we really resonate with that because we we are very driven by creating good content uh, and teaching people rather than you know really overly selling uh, it's really driven by the content as you know and, and teaching as as a kind of principal ethos And I resonate with Wistia for, for, for doing that, for just saying, yeah, we want to grow, we want to be profitable and we will be, but we're just going to do it on our terms. So I thought that was a really cool story. Powerful. And what are three books that uh, touched you most? There's a lot of books. Recently, I picked up a book um, that is maybe an unknown. Um, He's a, a guy out of New Zealand. His name's Sean D'Souza, a book called The Brain Audit. I don't Brain know if you know it. No. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a great um, book that I guess is just a reminder of the fundamentals and a little bit of the psychology of selling and marketing. Mm. Um, so I definitely recommend The Brain Audit. That's a great one. I think it's a book that has really stayed with me um, and you probably read it is Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, the story of Nike. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people have read that, but you know, that, that story just reminds you of just how hard business is and a company even like as big as Nike, what he's had to endure and, and you know, and the people around him and the team he had. I think what resonated with, with me from that book was how close he was to his core team and how fundamental they were to the, you know, the, the building and creating and creating the company that it is. So that's another book. Um, recently, I actually read a book that I had always wanted to read um, and that's kind of impacted my routine and that's The Miracle Morning by mm -hmm. Hal Elrod. Mm -hmm. um, And that's just a great reminder of some of the, you know, he didn't invent meditation. He didn't invent, you know, the morning routine, but his story is so powerful in the way he shares, you know, his experience and a great way that you can actually start your day by doing these, these certain things um, is profound. It's, it's, it really is life-changing. So those, yeah, those are the three books that come to mind. Beautiful. And do you start your morning that way now? 
I do, yeah. 4.30, 5am. <laughs> Once you get used to it, it's like, it's, it's crazy. I never, you know, and people in the book, he says, like people say, oh, I could never get up that early. And I think I was one of those people. And then as soon as you do, it's like, oh, this is magical. Like I cannot get up later than that. It's, it's, yeah, it's a really, it's a great habit. It's a great habit. Beautiful. And, um, Where can people find you and Webinar Ninja if they want more? So they can go to webinarninja.com. They can, you know, sign up for, uh, they can attend one of our uh, webinars, of course. They, I'm on Twitter, Nicole Baldino on Twitter. We're on Instagram as well, uh, Webinar Ninja. And yeah, myself, Nicole Baldino. And if, of course, if there's anyone who wants more podcasts, we've got the $100 MBA show as well. $100 MBA show, everybody. Uh, and, uh, and so in terms of Webinar Ninja, who should book your, um, your offerings to solve which, which problem? Is, is it uh, they learn how to do webinars or what, for which problem should they come to you? Yeah, I mean, we've got a ton of resources for learning the A to Z of actually how to put together a webinar, how to run a webinar. We've got a video course, um, there's blog posts, you know, and we've got a support team that of course will help as well 24 seven. Um, but you know, in terms of actually wanting to deliver your offering, whether it's to actually sell your product online, to market your product online, to teach people, to nurture your community, all of these are use cases for, for running webinars. Thank you so much, Nicole Baldino, everybody. And uh, thank you, Nicole, for being here, sharing your journey, your wisdom with us. Please come back soon. Thank you, Simon. <laughs> Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.